And we are back for another part train. Guys, thanks for tuning in. This is your host, Evan Singer. Um, Stratton and Serm couldn't join us this episode, so it's just me um, with our guest, who I'll talk about in a second. But this is a show, in case you're newer, about the game of golf and life, right? The game kind of has two roles, as we see it, comedian and life coach. And we try and bridge the gap between both to hopefully keep you entertained and have you laugh throughout the show, but also take something with you. Um, from a learning standpoint. So um, I'm super excited about this episode and this particular guest. Uh, Bryce Petty, um, former NFL quarterback, actually didn't even know that he formally retired until our conversation. He just retired this past year. Um, this episode, I think, is the reason why I love this show so much. I think golf is one of those unique things that it doesn't matter if you're an NFL quarterback a New York Times bestselling author or PJ Tour Pro like we've had on the show before. We all share the love for the game, which makes it so easy to have an hour-long conversation with people from all wakes of life. So Bryce was one of those guys that I'm sure when you guys listen to and learn about his story and, and his life and his love for the game and golf and football, um, I think you'll realize that he's one of those dudes that you would just love to hang out with and play 18 holes with. He's super nice guy. I will say this. We've had a lot of guests on over the last three years, and I've never had a guest before we start the show ask about my background and how I got started and why we started the show. And I think that just shows how good of a dude he is and how genuine he is as a person. So before I get into the highlights of what we cover, just a little bit of background on Bryce. He was born in Georgia from Texas, um, 6'3", 230, in case you're looking at the measurables. Went to Baylor, um, then got drafted by the Jets in 2015 in round, I think he was fourth round pick, pick 103, and um, started uh, for a bit for the Jets and battled a few injuries, picked up by the Dolphins, had had some more injuries. He was a two-time Big 12 champ in 2013, 2014. Big 12 Offensive Player of the Year in 2013, first team All Big 12, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, the guy made it rain, okay? And uh, I think there's a lot of interesting stories about how, I think one of my favorite questions we asked him was, you know, what the hell is it like to go from being the man in college to walking into an NFL locker room as a rookie, you know, feeling like you don't know anything and having to go from someone with, a lot of confidence to having to almost relearn your confidence. So there's a lot of interesting parallels that you wouldn't think from football to golf and just life in general. But um, we talk about what it was life like to be interviewed as a rookie through the draft process, if he used golf as a way to connect with any NFL coaches as he was going through that, um, some fun hypothetical questions, Texas high school football, why it's so hard to predict if good college quarterbacks will thrive in the pros, I'd say I don't need to go into everything. I think the main takeaway is is that it's an incredibly fun and interesting conversation about how many things you experience on the golf course that are actually quite similar to on the gridiron as an NFL quarterback. So for me, this was an exciting conversation because I got to talk about another sport in addition to golf, and I'm a big football guy too. So why don't we do what we always do, which is just get you guys straight to the interview. We'll see you guys in a couple weeks. If you haven't yet, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at The Par Train and tweet us or DM us with any questions or, or requests. And we got some exciting stuff coming up. So see you guys in a couple weeks. Take care.
All right, and we're back for another part train. Guys, I'm excited about this one because normally, you know, we're going to talk a lot of golf today, but normally we're not talking about other sports per se. We might throw in some pop culture and sports references here and there. But today we got uh, past NFL quarterback and Baylor alum Bryce Petty. Bryce, we're excited to have you, my man. How you doing? Doing well. Doing well. Thanks for the invite. Thanks for the invite. I know you guys got a bunch of cool guests going on, so I don't know how I got in here, but, uh, you know, excited to rap about golf, and and, uh, and we'll have fun with it, like you said. You're kind of having a hell of a Thursday. You're leaving the golf course right now in the truck and then just hop on a golf podcast on the way back to Austin. Is that true? Just don't tell my wife because I, I haven't yet told her that I'm obsessed with golf, um, and uh, I feel like, yeah, I'm, I'm trying to – to gently ease her into that world because ever since you know football we've i guess retired um she just feels like i'm supposed to be on the couch and hanging out cuddling and all that kind of stuff Mm -hmm. and i love that trust me i love it but but uh yeah man i'm i am obsessed with golf so i love i love watching it i love playing it and 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 talking about it as well so that's that's bold for her to marry someone without knowing if they're a golfer first that I, I tried to I tried to warn her. You know, you warn your wives about a lot of things. Um, wives plural. I don't have two wives. I just have one. But uh, you you definitely try to warn them as much as you can about uh, your your flaws um, because being obsessed with golf is not a positive thing. Uh, it would be if if you're doing it professionally, but if you're not doing it professionally, it's tough. Um, but she actually enjoys golf. She'll she'll kind of come out and kind of be my. Uh, drive the cart with me and have a glass of wine and we get to spend some some quality time together but every now and then uh i get to get out and and play some some she's not on those trips all the time and so that's where i have to kind of the two you know that's that's a beautiful thing you know your relationship goals you know okay so (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) so i'm gonna i always like to start off our guests with something fun kind of ease you into it think of it as like a little range session before we get into the round uh Let's say, okay, here's a little role play for you. I'm an NFL coach, okay? Let's say that you st- you're still looking to get back into the game, okay? You're still looking to, to play NFL football. Let's use that as an assumption, even though I know you're retired, okay? I guarantee okay. you okay. a starting spot for me next season. You have it all season, okay? But you have to hit the green okay. of 150-yard par three. And if you miss the green, you never play football again. So assuming you really want to play do you do it? Do you take the offer? Wow. Um, yeah, I mean, shoot, I always, I always enjoy a challenge. Uh, you know, my, my buddy's sitting here in the truck going that, it, that I'm going to spray it right, uh, which is just unfortunate. <laughs> we but, saw um, that on your Instagram story. I, we saw the spray know, right. Yeah, it was tough. He got me one bad shot. And, again, same thing with, with PJ Memes, and I know you guys had him on, on uh, earlier. Uh, Travis is a great guy, and – and you know it, it always ends up the first 12 holes are pretty good until the the bloody marys and or we had a, a special um i think it was like a uh, a ut golf sweet tea mm. um drink that they put together and there was a, a concoction of sorts that that you know you just try to hit the middle ball <laughs> um but I, I i do i you know not to not to rabbit hole it i i, I would take that challenge um and i think that i would put it I would say relatively close. I mean, 10, 15 foot, I think. Wow. Okay. The guy, the guy likes to roll the dice. I like that. Okay. I like to roll the dice. I like to roll the dice. Here's a few, uh, 
nerve wracking. I got a few options here for you. What's more nerve wracking? Okay. Number one, yeah. on the first tee with a full gallery. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> or your first snap in the NFL. Yeah. So the thing about the thing about a snap in the NFL, okay, is it like normally I get nervous like this in the anthem, and it, it typically the first snap I'll be kind of nervous, and then once that first snap takes place, I'm good. The thing is with a tee box, I get nervous when a group lets us play through mm. and they're watching it. So it's not even a gallery, you know, <laughs> and I'm like, holy smokes, like they're sitting here watching on a tee box. Um, and so I would definitely say that, that on the tee box with a gallery is more nerve wracking. Um, 10 out of 10 times. Okay. 10 out of 10. Great ratio. Mm. Number two, mm. loud football stadium or a quiet putt? Um, more nerve wracking. Uh, yeah, to, the, the thing is, so I played, uh, two years ago, we had a game against the Saints and I couldn't even hear myself think it was so loud in that place. Um, so I would have to say that, that, you know, I can, I can pretty much handle myself on a quiet putt, a, uh, a tough stadium where you have to make, you know, protection calls and change some things up. We had a couple of, um, you know, audibles, not, not necessarily audibles, but, but where you change the play within the play. Um, and you know, I could barely get it across the line of scrimmage before, uh, you know, without hearing yourself. So, so I would definitely say a, a, a loud stadium is harder. Big red seven, red seven, red seven guy. Got it. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Hopefully Owen Wilson's not out there running routes for me. <laughs> okay. We got one golf, one football, number three, the last one, more nerve wracking, proposing to your wife, now wife, or walking into an NFL locker room the first time. Uh, proposing my wife. Yeah, hands down. That was – I actually – that's kind of the funny story about that, too, because I, I had – yeah, everybody has a different story about proposing to their wife, and, and to the listeners that haven't got to that point yet, you will have a plan, and then that plan goes to absolute – am I allowed to cuss on this thing? Oh, I, don't, yeah. I don't know how – Oh, yeah, say whatever you want. Yeah, okay. So the plan, the plan goes to absolute shit whenever you get down on a knee. And so I had I had a whole plan, like, you know, we're going to talk about how special it was and almost bachelor-esque, if yeah, you will, yeah. you know. They, they do their whole thing, and and when I got it on a knee, I actually I handed the ring up to her upside down, so oh. the the ring was actually you know vertical instead of horizontal. It was bad. It was a bad deal. So so definitely more nerve wracking. I mean that's for life, you know. The NFL locker room is like just a bunch of dudes, but right. Yeah, it was it was tough when you're proposing to your wife. So okay, a lot a lot of variety there. Um, okay, you passed the couple fun ones. Now let's level set, provide people some context. Tell us about your game a bit, so people can understand what kind of player you are and how you, what what your game oh, is like. Man. Yeah, so if if me and you are to golf together, uh, we'll we'll call it for for two days, okay? Yeah. So over the first day, you're going to be like, wow, this guy, you know, hits a pretty long off the tee, has some errant tee shots, can kind of come back every now and then, and then the second day, it's a total crapshoot. Like I have no idea if I'm going to be. And sink or not is is what I like to call, you know, for my. Uh, from my golf people out there. Mm-hmm. Um, if I'm in sync, it's going to be a pretty decent day when I'm talking like, you know, mid eighties. And if it is not in sync, it's going to be quite possibly a record, uh, performance for most strokes on a golf course. Mm. A lot of yeah. big range. You're a big range guy. Yeah. We're, we're lateral OB. Yeah. We're just, we're, we're super, uh, laissez faire with, with the, uh, the drops and, uh, and that's how you have to be. You know, you got to keep it fun. Yeah. Well, I've my buddies and I have a Ryder Cup uh, weekend every year in Palm Springs, 
And it was similar to your uh, experience uh, in Texas today. It's like over a hundred and 110. And you're, yeah. you're one of those players that's dangerous for those trips because you're the, you're the X factor. You could be the I 84 or you could be the hundred. So I know exactly. people like you. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's, that's why I typically don't, you know, I either, I either sometimes get a, get an invite to those trips. Um, you know, if you're scared of the X factor, I'm probably not going to get on the, uh, an invite to those trips. So it's okay. I'm working on it though. You know, it's, it's, you're constantly working on your golf game. For sure. So going from, so th- this is one thing that really fascinates me. And we actually talked to Keith Mitchell on the PJ tour about this. So from college, you are the man, right? You're big man on campus. Great, great performance at Baylor. And going from, quote, the man to the rookie, that's an interesting stage because Keith Mitchell told us when he walked on the range for the first time on the PGA Tour and he saw guys like Tiger and Phil, he said he got so nervous he could barely hit the ball in the driving range. So I was curious for you, what was that like coming into the locker room as a rookie quarterback? Did you feel like you almost had to refine your confidence that you had in college? Yeah, man, you, you, you know, a hundred percent, because the thing is like, no one really cares what you've done in college because the NFL is such a different game. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, probably much like being on the, being on the range with those guys. I mean, no one really cares what you've done. And, um, you know, against, I would assume probably like a Stanford or Oklahoma state for Keith Mitchell and those guys at Georgia. But, uh, you know, you, you have to, and, and it's funny too, because you're thrown so many different looks so quick that it's, I, w- I will say, you know, if you if you hit a golf ball your whole life and you kind of know how to hit a golf ball, that that confidence is probably a little bit easier to find than. Um, but I will say, you know, golf everything's between the ears, right? And there's a lot of, the, of, of simulation to that to to playing quarterback as well. But um, defense is this, you know, schematically is is pretty impressive what those guys can do. And, you know, my rookie year with Todd Bowles, he was kind of known for a guy that threw a lot of different looks at quarterbacks and, and made things tough. And so, um, you know, kind of one of my favorite stories is that I had, a, um, I guess, my first real – I guess it was like second or third day of practice. And I don't know why in the heck I was out there with Darrell Revis and those guys because that just wasn't fair. <laughs> but, you know, I threw a crossing route that was across the field that – that I, I, I swore that Darrell Revis wasn't even on the field at that point, but he definitely was. And uh, and came and picked it from all the way across the field. And that was kind of like my welcome to the NFL moment where it was like, these guys can be absolutely anywhere on the field at any given time. Mm. And, um, you know, especially the guys that are really smart. Now, you know, Darrell Revis was a, a pro bowler, a soon-to-be Hall of Famer. And uh, so that was – I pretty much gave him that ball. You know, it wasn't like, you know, hey, I wanted to, to show out for me. I was like, you know, I want to go ahead and give Revis, you know, some confidence that, you know, he could pick me off. And so that was that was more of that play. You know? Right, but, um, right. But, yeah, it was, it was definitely tough cookies going out there as a rookie when, you, when you've when you got, you know, guys like Brandon Marshall and Nick Mangold and Darrell Revis and those guys that you've, you know, kind of grown up watching. So That's a good move, you know, let the older guys know that you respect them. You know, it's, it's uh, just that's a, a – that's you know, you got to, yeah, you got to know your place. Yeah. Totem pole, you're pretty low on, you know, so I just, I wanted to fit in. So why do you think it's so damn hard to figure out? I mean, nobody knows. The scouts don't know. Coaches don't know. Scouts don't know. Why is it so hard to figure out which quarterbacks in college are going to thrive in the pros? 
I mean, I think the game is getting so different, you know, because the, the, the game in college is all about scoring points. And, you know, in the NFL, it's all about situations of playing defense because you'll have games that are, you know, even like your your 0-16 Browns from a couple of years ago. I mean, when you go watch tape, I mean, those guys are are, are in the game every week until the, the, the final one or two drives. I mean, very rarely were they just absolutely getting blown out. And and so with, with college and, and this whole spread – you know, not a whole lot of reads, not a whole lot of protection calls and things like that. Hmm. Um, there's just not a lot of, on, on your plate as a, as a QB uh, at, at that level. And then when you get to the NFL, it's kind of like, you know, I always, I always call this, it's like you're playing, you know, checkers and, and college and then it's chess and then NFL. You know, you got to be two or three, two or three moves ahead um, with these guys. And so, I mean, it's just, it's tough. I mean, some guys can, can maneuver that, that, you know, I guess transition a little bit easier than others. And, um, and you know, when you have a playbook that you come into that's, you know, sometimes 80 to 100 pages thick, you know, versus, you know, what we had at, we had at Baylor, which we scored a lot of points, but at the same time, I mean, we pretty much ran the same, you know, five or six plays, but just different formations. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there wasn't a whole lot of, wasn't a whole lot of thinking going on. It was just let those guys play, you know, you recruit fast players and, and just try to beat them with speed. Right. Got it. There's so going before college for a second, uh, there's been a lot of TV shows, movies made on Texas high school football. I most recently saw QB one on Netflix, um, which was super interesting too. And I'm a big Friday night lights fan. Um, how did your, you know, you went to, you went to high school in Texas and played there. How did your life experience compare to everything we see on TV, number one, and then how big of a part was golf in your high school years when football is seemingly everything in, in high school? Yeah, uh, well, latter question first. I mean, I, did, I actually didn't take up golf until about sophomore, junior year of college. Okay. Um, one of my good buddies was from Johns Creek, Georgia, who kind of grew up playing golf. And so, you know, kind of on the off days, we'd go and, and putt around uh, – you know, no pun intended at, uh, at the golf course. And I go hack it around and, and, uh, do that whole thing. And, you know, I kind of grew up playing baseball, so I could at least, you know, hit it. But at the same time, I had no idea where it goes actually a lot like my golf game now. Um, so, which is unfortunate because I've taken a, a few lessons since then, but, um, yeah. And then, you know, high school football is, is crazy. I mean, you have towns closed down, you know, you have, you have, you know, car washes that are like, you know, Panther car wash, which is just kind of crazy. I don't, I don't know if that's, that's uh, the case everywhere where you have your mascot as, as kind of like the, the theme of the car wash and that whole thing. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, there's, there's a lot of, of hype and tradition around Texas high school football, obviously with, you know, Booby miles and those guys um, out, out in West Texas. And, and then now, like you said, all the shows, I actually haven't seen QB one yet, but um there's a there's a lot of, of hype around, you know, who is the next guy coming up and um everybody's kinda of looking for their you know, Trevor Lawrence, if you will, you know, the the next big thing that's kind of the perennial uh LeBron James or Zion Williamson of, of basketball. It's it's a little bit easier to find those guys because those guys are just so athletic that, you know, you you know they're gonna do well in the NBA. Um was well, as a QB, I mean there's so many things that kind of play into being successful in the league and, and even at, you know, the higher ranks of college. So, um, a lot of hype going into it. For sure. And, and why do you think pro athletes and football players in general get addicted to golf? Is it more about 
like that shared passion to improve and constantly work at something? Or do you think it's just the fact that you can't stand being bad at a sport? <laughs> uh, well, I mean, I know for me, I know for me, yeah, a little bit of that plays into it as, as far as, Hey, I got a ball on the ground, so it should, it can't be that hard. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, but I think the second thing is too, is like when, man, when you grow up playing team sports and you know, with football, you got 11 guys on, a, on the, the field with you. So you're, you're one of, you're one of 11. And so there's a lot of X factors there, if you will, um, to kind of play whether you got a, a left tackle that has to make his block, you know, the center has to snap the ball right. And the right guard has to, you know, follow the mic backer to protect. And, and then you have the receivers that have to cut at the right time and do this and do that. And there's just a lot of X's and O's that goes into it. And then when you get on the golf course, man, it's kind of the whole Jim Carrey, it's you, yourself, and I, um, you know, and, and that's just kind of a different, um, cerebralness, if that's a word, mm-hmm. um, to it that, that it is now. you know, it, it, yeah, there you go. Thank you. <laughs> um, but it's kind of only up to you. And so, you know, if you hit a bad shot, you can't look at somebody and be like, well, you didn't, you know, give me the right ball. It's like, right. no, it's, that's on you. So I think, I think there's a lot of, of, you know, things that you might not necessarily see on a team sport field or court that you will see, you know, on a tee box or over a putt that that makes it you know pretty unique and interesting to to certain guys that uh that that really enjoy it for sure and and how much how much tinkering did you do as a quarterback from a fundamental standpoint like does a did a golfer being a golfer influence that desire to tinker because personally i realized because i played baseball my whole life up until after high school similar to you and then i took up golf and I've looked back and said, if I would have been into golf the way I am now, granted it messed up my baseball swing, but regardless of that, I think so differently now because I love tinkering. I love thinking about strategy and course management. And I think back then it would have impacted how I used to prepare as a baseball player. Does any of that play into how you are as a quarterback with fundamentals or is it more so not thinking about fundamentals and just thinking about game management and, and defenses? Yeah, well, I mean, I, I think it's super interesting to watch guys, you know, in tournaments, kind of like, like Justin Rose, you know, that kind of always rehearses this maneuver, um, you know, before he hits a shot, visualizes a shot before he actually addresses the ball and hits it. Um, similar to that, I mean, you got guys like Tom Brady that are that are so um, fundamentals-oriented, mm-hmm. um, but a lot of that stuff is, it's not actually on the field that you see that. Whereas like in, in golf, you kind of see that before every shot, you want to rehearse and, and be the same. Um, we have certain things that whether we lick both hands or, you know, lick, lick a hand and put it on a towel and, you know, you look left first then right and then snap or, you know, whatever it is, that, that would be more so the tinkering that you would see. But fundamentals are always something because I, I, I love that about golf as well as, you know, football that you're never going to master the game. I mean, I think that's why, you know, Tom Brady's, what, just celebrated his 43rd birthday, I think, you know, yeah. and, and he's still playing the game because there's, there's still something there to have. And, and like a lot of these guys that, you know, even playing on the, the seniors tour, you know, you can't ever master golf just like you can't ever master playing the quarterback position or, or football in general. And I think it goes so far beyond the money for these guys. It's, it's you know, that constant drive to, to be the best at what you do, regardless of age. And so, but, but fundamentals always plays a, a, a key component in that because 
there's always going to be someone younger, that's stronger, that's faster, that's quicker, that's smarter. And so what kind of separates, you know, the, the oil from the substance there is, is the fundamentals and you being able to do that in the heat of battle on the tee box with the gallery, you know, on 18 at Augusta kind of deal that, that allows for, for that separation to be there. Yeah, it's funny you brought up Brady because I remember being shocked when I watched, I don't know if you've seen it, the Tom versus Time, um, the Facebook show he did that went through his preparation for the season and throughout the season uh, last year, I think it was. But he, he was, yeah, he was working on new fundamentals with how he fires his hips through and his release point and all of these things. And I remember being surprised that he was going that deep on things that were so foundational you know yeah for sure and and you know tom is is very cerebral in that in that manner and is always trying to separate himself um you know not only from the guys that are in the qb room with him at new england but but from the other 31 teams in the league as well um is always striving to be you know the greatest to ever do it and the only way that he does that is to try and get better at something you know, I know for him, if you were to ask him, it's, it's trying to get better at something every day. Um, but that guy has just kind of set the bar, you know, really high for, for guys coming in that allow that space to be there. Um, there's a lot of guys that, hey, I made it to the NFL, so I'm, I'm good now. But he is, you know, him and, and honestly, Drew Brees is kind of one of my favorite guys to watch as well because Drew is very, very similar in that mindset as well. That there's always something they can critique. Um, and get better at, you know, on the field that, that is always somehow, some way dedicated to fundamentals um, that, that whether it's first time or somebody else across the field that they can get better at. So I was watching some, some old interviews earlier and, and prepping for this, and, and I, I saw a senior bowl interview. So we're going way back here. Um, that said, Uh-oh. you were excited to you're excited to prove yourself when you were being interviewed. It wasn't that you weren't just a system quarterback, but that your game could translate. And I've noticed that when I try and really prove to someone that I'm good at golf, or you know, prove this is going to be a far fetched comparison, but let's roll with it. Because um, <laughs> I'm comparing myself playing golf versus playing in the NFL, but let's roll with it for a second. Um, we'll do it. I, I noticed that I, I didn't play well because I was trying to to push a result. I was trying to prove myself. And I was curious, looking back, do you think the feeling of, quote, proving yourself maybe created like an unnecessary tension and held you back? Or do you think the chip on your shoulder of proving yourself and that mentality actually helped you push farther than you would have without it? Yeah, you know, that's that's actually a really good question because I was actually talking to my buddy about that. Uh, actually, you know, right before you called, cause we were talking about, you know, Pat Mahomes and how good him and Andy Reid are, but, but just to separate those two, how good Pat is. Mm. And, you know, I don't necessarily know that Pat is out there to prove anybody anything. I think he's going out there to, to, to absolutely have fun playing the game that he loves. And, and you know, to, to your question and to your point, I, I think that I'm sitting here on the truck going back to work in real estate, <laughs> not playing probably is a direct correlation between those. Um, right. Because, because man, the, the, and you said it best when you said trying to do, if you try to do anything, especially in sport, 
a lot of times that that try mentality is going to be the exact thing that gets in your way. Um, you know, what I kind of found, especially like in golf too, is that, man, when I slow my tempo up um, and not try to hit a draw or try to hit a cut or even just try to put in the fairway, and I just allow my body to do naturally what it wants to do, I found I find so much better results. And, and you know, playing quarterback for me was, was – was very hard, especially in the league, because I always wanted to, you know, I, I it's hard for me to say, but say perfect. I always just normally call it the P word. I don't even like saying it, but <laughs> because I would try to be perfect, you know, and, and that mentality of proving myself, if you don't put it in the right context, um, I think does kind of, you know, inhibit what you allow your body to do uh, in a sense and kind of puts limitations on things because anytime you try, it's a lot of times you're, you're, you're over, overdoing what uh, what you need to do you know you, you need to trust in your training you need to trust in you know your range time or your your lessons or you know for for quarterbacks the, the all the work that we do in the off seasons and, and training in that world um, and and you just don't allow your body to do what it naturally wants to do yeah that was a great example with Mahomes because what is Mahomes I forget is he 23 or 24 uh, I think he's I think he's 18 <laughs> yeah, no, he's 24. He's 24. But I remember joking with my buddy. I'd see him, and I'm like, I can't believe this guy is like 23, 24 years old, and he is dominating. Like, his confidence must just be and, – and you're right. He does seem like he's having an absolute blast out there, and it almost seems like he knows in his mind that he can throw and make any pass, and it's just pure confidence. And it's really – it's fun to watch. So that's it's funny that you used him as an example. Yeah, I, I definitely think that there's a difference between belief and trying. Belief, you know that you can do it. Trying, you 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 want to will yourself to do it. Mm-hmm. You know, and, yeah. And that's where that those fundamentals come in. Um, or if you're like Pat and you're just like literally playing, you know, backyard football. And that's not to take anything away from that. I mean, I know that he trains hard. Um, and he just knows that he can make all the throws, like you said. So yeah, I I completely agree. So speaking of just playing free, um, can you remember? the best game you ever played in football at any level? And can you remember your best round of golf? Curious if there's any similarities or differences in those two experiences and days with either your mentality, the feeling you had going into the day, your energy, any similarities and differences there? Um, yeah, I think so. And I mean, I think it, it kind of has a lot to do with what we just talked about. I think that um, probably my, the, the best game I played, and maybe not from a statistical standpoint, but just from a from a feeling standpoint, I think kind of uh, going off of your question, I think was a TCU game back in, um, in 2014 because we were actually down 21 points left with like, I think it was like five minutes, six minutes left to go. Um, but up up until then, you know, I was, I was really trying to to – uh, you know, I was talking about before, will things to happen. And we had a pretty good game up until that point. And it was, honestly, it was going back and forth for a while um, up until the, the fact that I threw a pick six and that put them up 21. But um, but then after that, that five I had was probably the best five minutes playing a football game that I've ever had uh, because I just, at that point, I was like, you know, well, hell, we're down 21, so – what's there to lose. Mm. Um, you know, and then we ended up coming back and, and winning that game. And, you know, similarly, I think that, you know, my best round that I've ever shot was a 74 and oh, you know, kind of what I was alluded to, to alluding to earlier. I mean, when I'm in sync, things are, doing, are going pretty well. 
um, and when I'm not in sync, it's, it's bad. But a lot of times where I find when I'm not in sync is because I've had a couple of errant tee shots, and mm-hmm. now I'm, like, trying to do things. <laughs> um, whereas that that when I was hitting a 74, you know, I was kind of putting drives down beautifully right down the fairway. I had a little baby draw, and it, it was doing exactly, exactly what I wanted it to do without actually thinking about doing it. Mm-hmm. Um and so, I, yeah, I mean, I think those those are pretty similar in the sense that you you just kind of get out of your own way, um, and and it's kind of like a nothing to lose mentality. Because um, I think actually the day before I shot a 74, I shot like an 88. So I was like, well, I mean, it can't get much worse than yeah. an 88, uh, you know, for for me anyways. And so typically anyways. Um, but uh, but yeah, so I mean, I, I think that I just kind of had a relaxed state of mind in that world and just not as many expectations of going low just kind of like it just happened when it happened yeah for sure we actually talk about that we've done multiple episodes on the mental game and overcoming fear and different things on the course so yeah it's it's funny a lot of times you'll notice because of that you'll have a bad front nine and you'll like you'll be like well fuck it you know my my round's ruined and you say you stop caring and then you shoot like you know 48 on the front and then like a 37 on the back and it seems to always yeah, happen exactly. to that same thing yeah, you 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 somehow find the cart grow a lot more on the back nine. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, like where's the Tito's? Yeah, I, I I agree. So here's a side question. We're going to jump around a bit, and I wonder if your your wife would be excited about this question. I would think, but you tell me. As a former Baylor quarterback, do you get free interior design consultation from Chip and Joanna Gaines for life? Mm, dude, you would, you know what? I would love to go ahead and shout out Chip and Joanna because I think they're, they're fantastic people. Um, but you know what? We haven't. Um, and that is a shame, mm. but, uh, but I will say that my wife is actually very good at interior designing and, uh, she's done an awesome job with our house. We actually just bought a house there in Colleyville, a little bit West of, uh, of DFW. And I think she's done a great job, a little bit different style than, than Joanna has, mm. Um, but I feel like, you know, if me and Chip were to go grab a beer, I think that we would have a lot of laughs. And so, you know, if, which I'm sure they're probably avid listeners of, uh, of, of this podcast. Oh, hundred uh, percent. So if they, if they can hear it, uh, I'd love to go ahead and, and have something set up Chip if we can. So I'll let you facilitate that Evan. And you then we can, we can roll from there. You know what? Kudos to Mrs. Petty for, for doing her own thing, not needing Chip and Joanna, yeah. but you know, Hey, these are, you know, you as a married couple, you guys got to have other married friends. So this could be the spark this, that you needed. So this could be a thing, yeah. yeah. You know, and and to your point, it's it's uh, yeah. She's very. She doesn't need Joanna, and she doesn't need me apparently because uh, <laughs> the things that I say that I do or don't like most of the time, the things that I don't like, she gets anyways, and the things that I do like, she goes uh, the complete opposite way. So what I found is just you you nod your head and say yes, ma'am, and and uh, it turns out pretty well. Love that. So going from interior design to the draft process, this is called hashtag jumping around. Um, I was curious what the hardest interview question you got asked was, if you can remember, during the draft process. And if you ever used golf as a way to connect slash build relationships with the coaches that interviewed you. Yeah, so um, the hardest question I probably got asked wasn't necessarily – I mean, as, as far as your, your spectrum of hard goes, it's probably not, um, you know, zero to 10 being a 10. It was just, it was a, it was an interesting question. It was how many ping pong balls could fit in a school bus. And I didn't really understand the reason for that question. What? Um, 
other than I guess he just wanted to know what my thought process is uh, in my answer. And uh, that, it was it was it was interesting. But um, but, uh, but no, I mean we never got on the golf course. I wish we would have. Um, but uh, but at the same time, I'm I'm kind of glad we didn't because I probably wouldn't have got drafted um, <laughs> at that point when uh, in my in my golf game. Um, uh, just the, the lifespan of, of where I was in golf was was uh, that was a hundreds, you know, ninety five ninety five plus at that point. And so that was right. that have been tough. Been been hard to say that I'm an athlete and go shoot a ninety five. Do you remember your answer for the ping pong balls? Man, I, I really don't. I think I said probably like five thousand, but I think I just threw out an answer because I was like, dude, this is. I don't even know what I would what what I would say. You know, like have you have you seen the 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 chick on YouTube that does like the you know if you go eighty miles an hour, how many miles can you go in one hour? You ever seen that video? No. <laughs> well, anyway, it's, it's it's pretty fun when you have a, a few seconds. It's it's pretty interesting little YouTube clip there. But you know, she's she's very cerebral in her process of thinking. Hmm. Um, a pretty simple question. I think she makes it a little bit tougher than what it actually is. And I, so I think I just threw something out there to just say, hey, I don't think I don't know what this has to do with football. So, but apparently it was a it was a Google um, part of their hiring process because there's a, a I don't know I guess a certain way to think about things that are outlandish like that. Mm. Who knows? I don't know. Yeah, that's a classic uh, exec move. Just tell people that Google do it, does it, and and yeah, people love yeah, it. Exactly right. Yeah, classic. <laughs> Um, okay. When you were playing quarterback in college and the pros, um, I had a couple of buddies text me this. They were curious. Is it the type of thing where once the season starts, the sticks are put away and you don't touch them till the off season? Or is there actually time and, and a place where, where guys play in during the season? Yeah. I mean, well, everybody has their like, you know, had hey, need to get away kind of moments. And, yeah. and so for the NFL, some of that, you know, as you start getting older, people have families and things. And so their getaway moments is being with family and things like that. Uh, for me, I kind of wanted to, you know, that saying out of sight, out of mind. Uh, I never wanted to be out of the facility um, on off days thinking that, well, if I'm not here, that he's probably not caring about football. And so my off days were always kind of spent in the film room and trying to, trying to learn, um, you know, either game plan that next week or watch film, practice film from the week before, things I could get better at, that kind of thing. So so typically, yeah, when, when season starts, the, the sticks would go away for me. And who is the biggest golf nut you know from the NFL? Oh. Um, if it's not you. Golf, I mean, well, you know, personally, I would say probably Jermaine Curse. Uh, oh. with the Dobbins now, but I, man, he just got he just got injured, which which that sucks. But um, yeah, he was a huge golf nut. Um, not personally, I know that Larry Fitzgerald is a huge golf nut. Mm-hmm. Um, the guy plays a lot of golf and is really good at golf. Um, so I would say, yeah, yeah, personally, probably Jermaine Curse is ate up with it. Um, and then not personally, Larry Fitzgerald, I know for a fact is so. And you know playing golf with um, some NFL players, I assume some money is being thrown around. Can you say how you know, the most money you've, you've played for on the golf course? 
Yeah, I'm not at liberty to tell you how much we've actually played for. Um, I can tell you, but then I'd have to kill you, so I don't want to do that. We yeah, sure. That, and I feel like this would be a cool relationship. You but, don't know um, where I live. It's cool. You know, <laughs> but uh, yeah, there were some there were some bills thrown around uh, several times. Actually, the most I've ever heard of. Um, I, don't, I don't know. I don't want to. To Bears Club last year, you know where. Ricky Feller, a couple of those guys. That's kind of like their home course, yeah. Or their home course in uh, in uh, Jupiter, Florida. And I had heard the story that Michael Jordan had a putt on 18 at Bears Club um, that was thirty six thousand wow. dollars. But I don't exactly know. I mean, that's hearsay, you know. Mm-hmm. So you know how those things are. Sure. And I don't want Mr. Jordan coming after me. So no. You know, you can choose to to take this out or or whatnot. But I felt like it was relevant. Hmm. Okay. Well, we'll figure something out. I might disguise a voice here and there. Maybe I'll, you know, block Jordan from this episode because I know he's an avid <laughs> yeah, listener. Exactly. You know, we'll figure something out. But uh, I don't want to put you in a tough spot. You know, we don't treat our guests like yeah, that. Thanks. So. thanks, man. Yeah, we're supposed to meet up, so I don't know. I'd hate for that to be a tainted relationship to start. <laughs> so we got a few more for you. We're going to go philosophical again for a second. But what do you wish oh, you knew? what do you wish you knew as a rookie that you know now? Oh man. Um Dang, that's that's good. Um I I think just that it's as much as as it is about your performance on the field. Obviously that's a that's a big key and a and a component to it. There's there's a lot that goes into it and I and I think that if um had I had had a little conversation with myself back then I think it would be to to immerse yourself in the knowledge of of the game but at the same time to to have fun in the present moment if that makes sense because I think I just put a lot of pressure on myself to perform really early and and it kind of took me out of of the present and and I didn't enjoy it as much because if I had a bad practice or if I had a bad you know preseason game or the couple games that I did play it just it really messed with me for for a while, and so I think that kind of goes with anything um, in life, and that you know it's okay to have you know goals and aspirations to be great, but at the same time, if in doing that you take yourself out of the present where you're at, and and you're always kind of projecting into the future and or harboring on the past, it doesn't allow you to to kind of be you know fully yourself and enjoy the moment, and I think that 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 would be the the one thing I would tell is just kind of enjoy the moment of where you're at, you know, the good, the bad, the ugly, you know, everything's a, everything is part of the process for a reason. Um, and so you're going to have learning curves with everything, no matter if it's, you know, being an NFL quarterback or, you know, like you starting a podcast. I mean, I know you guys have, have been doing this for a while, but, but there's things that you know now that you, you know, you didn't know back then, but the thing is you don't know what you don't know. And so right. don't, don't kill you. Don't kill yourself for not knowing those things. Right. And maybe it's a similar answer, but I wanted to ask you before we sign off if I know you've made a career change, probably wasn't an easy thing to make, and you probably felt a lot of external pressure to continually, you know, make this childhood dream, the thing that defined you, a reality and continue to work at it versus start anew. Do you have any advice for people looking to make a change in their careers or life in general? Yeah, I mean, yeah, and, and you know, kind of like you said before, it's, it's not that it's a, a totally similar answer, but but I think it does kind of highlight 
uh, what that transition is, is that, um, you know, your transition is what you make of it. So you can be as joyful and um, excited about the transition, or you can also be, um, you know, contrasting to that is, is pissed off and upset about the transition. Um, and so just to kind of enjoy the process of, of learning whatever is new, um, enjoy the process of, of, um, you know, learning what you, what you have known the past umpteen years, you know, you fill in that, fill in that blank. But, but I think that that transition is good, man. Transition, it it grows you as a person. It grows you as a a human being. And especially for me as a, as a husband and a brother and a son and all the above, um, you know, I've, I've definitely grown from what I learned in the NFL and, and, you know, want to continue to grow in this next chapter of life, but I'm not going to let, you know, the past failures, uh, and or successes and all in between kind of define what this next transition for me is going to be like. Um, and so I think that's a big thing is, is some people kind of carry, uh, or bring with them what happened in the past. And then that kind of, it, it hurts them in the future. So, so I don't know how to sum that up in a, in a, a few, uh, few words or sentence, but that's, that's definitely what I would say. Well, you know what, Bryce, I got a good feeling about you i got a good feeling about this next step we're in a similar position you know i got laid off from uber with the big marketing layoffs i was in the news your life was in the public eye we got a lot in common you know we're just both staying strong in the weight room ready for that either a call or that next that next big thing with real estate or whatever i do so you know it's all in god's plan you know we're ending on a very inspirational note and i got a good feeling well, I hope so, man. Yeah, and I can tell you have a great personality. So if the waves don't actually come to and you don't get beefed up, that's okay. Uh, but, but yeah, man, I, I really appreciate the time. And uh, yeah, don't don't be afraid of the move, man. Don't be afraid of, of uh, the plan, the process, because there is um, purpose to it. And so uh, you, you summed it up great and that, that God does have a plan. And I, I'm a believer in that in that sense and excited about uh, the transition as well. So, um, you know, we'll have to link back up and see what life's like in in next couple of months. And, uh, and we'll be, we'll be sitting around hopefully after a, after a nice, uh, cool 18 that we, that we get to play both going super low and, um, and get to talk about it. I'm in. Yeah, I'm in, you know, we might have to come out to Austin, make that a thing. Or if you're ever out in LA, you let us know. Um, but is there anything, just like our one of our favorite YouTube shows says in Hot Ones, we're going to roll the red carpet out for you now. Is there anything that you want our listeners to look out for or follow? I know you've got a podcast of your own, real estate in Austin, Texas. Anything you want to, to shout out? Uh, yeah, man. I have, I have a podcast of my own called The Wilderness. Um, and then uh, that's, that's a, a fun deal that we get to do. Um, you know, I, I enjoy talking about kind of the experience and what life's, life's giving at me and, and, uh, or life's life showing and throwing at me. And, um, you know, we're, at, we're actually in Dallas. So the oh, only you're in Dallas. I want to because yeah, we were in Austin playing, um, you know, Austin, I mean, actually UT golf club. And I say that very lightly, um, <laughs> because, but it's not, it's not bad. You know, we're two and oh against the horn, so they can say what they want. Sure. Um, but, uh, but, but yeah, so we're, we're uh, excited about the wilderness, having fun with that. And then, um, you know, just want to shout out to you guys. So I appreciate the invite and, and uh, keep doing what you're doing. And we'll uh, we'll get together soon. Sounds good, Bryce. Thanks for coming on, man. Appreciate it. Best of luck to you. Yeah, buddy. You right. as well. Thank you, man. See you, brother.
Son, where'd you find this?